everybody, it is the Stew Pod, the uh, very sick edition featuring me. I am Mike Oz. I'm Chris Swick. Not sick. Not sick. Chris, uh, I will say that the, the podcast sounds like at least 50% sexier when I'm sick. Like, my, my sick voice just sounds, I think, just, just a little bit sexy. And it's probably good that we that neither of us are on the phone for this one, because I think the last one we did, I was on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's true. We've but been, now we're we, back. We've been we've been in different places for a while. We've been yeah. traveling around. I think we're both finally at home, recuperating from a um, pretty wild October. Obviously, it's caught up to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to like cough or sneeze or blow my nose during the podcast. Um, it's gonna be a challenge, but I will try for you, people. I try. And we haven't talked about the World Series yet. No, we haven't. We kind of missed a, a podcast there because I was, you know, just working and not sleeping. Nuts. And I take full responsibility. All right, we'll blame you. So the Mets won. Mets won the World Series. Um, mm. Did I get? No, I got that wrong. You did. Oh. You must really be sick. <laughs> the Royals won the World Series. Kansas City was very happy, and uh, you know, good for them. It was an, it was an exciting series. I thought it was it was fun baseball. Um, I I did not pick the Royals anywhere in any predictions ever, and and I, I, we probably made like predictions what like eight different times. I think so, yeah. yeah. I don't think I picked the Royals once ever. So, whatever. I suck. Um, you, on the other hand, picked the Royals. I picked, they, well, I picked them only when we got to the World Series. That, that's fine, though. Right. But then you uh, you wrote a very nice thing about how the Royals are a good team and how their success cannot be duplicated uh, you know, by, by other people emulating them. And uh, then, you, you, then you literally or figuratively took off your pants and you, you assumed the uh, the Calvin sticker that some people have the back of their trucks. Right. You know that guy? Yeah, I do. And you just you just did that to the Royals by saying that they got lucky in a few games. Right. That's what you did. Yeah. And now, after all this hate mail I've received, I feel as though I should explain myself you briefly. You are the biggest hater around. Uh, look, man. Every team that wins the World Series experiences luck at some point. Okay. This happens. The good teams take advantage of that. The Royals certainly did that. I don't. It doesn't mean I think they're a bad team. In fact, you know, I was starting to root for them at the end just because they were so relentless and they were ripping teams' hearts out every step of the way. And I just, you look at some of the win probabilities, how they came back from six games where their win probability was under 20%. I mean, come on. Some luck goes into that, and, and I can say that without taking anything away from the team. They were great. They had great players. I think they, you know, part of it was they were built for these types of rallies, um, if that's possible, which I'm not really sure, but, but I think logically Hater. some of that makes sense. Hater. And uh, so, yeah, I don't hate your team, Kansas City. I mean, <laughs> maybe, you know, focus on the rest of the article and not the one paragraph about luck because that's what I'm getting all and the emails people, about. People hate you, man. They do. It's pretty funny. It's not fair. It's funny. It's hilarious. I, I can like, do it. Like, you can't, you can't let them have nothing, Chris. You just, you just come in the day after they won the World Series. I, I guess. And you just let them have it. You, you let them have it by, by giving them like a thousand complimentary words. You're, you're just so mean. Right. Well, I mean, what about what about you? You didn't pick the Royals the whole way. You were I, in but, Kansas but, City. Yeah, but I didn't say anything bad about them the day after, so you know, <laughs> immune. Immune you were, right here. You were on the road, though, for this World Series. You yeah. attended the games. And what let me, tell you, let me your, tell you one thing about Kansas City. Very nice people there. 
Yeah, let me, the people, the oh, people that are just sucking City, up, the ones that I dealt with, are not reflective of the ones who email us. Wow, or the ones on the internet, the the actual did, just regular folks are very nice folks. Did you have any uh, great on the road experiences in either city? Oh, I had plenty of plenty of good experiences um, in Kansas City. You know, I, I I got to eat some some really good food. Obviously, the barbecue and whatnot. I'd, I had had never been there um, in my adult life. I went there once when I was a kid. So I, you know, I wasn't like. I think I was like nine years old or something. Like, yo, let's go eat some barbecue. I'm nine. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't really doing that. Um, but you know, so that that was that was cool. Um, I, I actually was surprised I, how just nice Kansas City was. You know, I don't I don't have I don't have many preconceptions about the city as a whole, but um, there's some really cool parts of it, and and I I enjoyed just kind of seeing it and being around. Um, but uh, no disrespect to Kansas City, I was way more excited to go to New York. I'd, I'd never been there before, so. Um, you know, lots, lots to do there, lots to see. So I was pretty psyched about going there. Um, but I will say, everybody in Kansas City was really cool. I enjoyed seeing them tailgate. Uh, I went out and hung out with some people in the rain who were tailgating the day it rained, and that was fun. Um, I got to see Jeff Pass in his natural habitat. Right, That's right. Fun. Um, so yeah, Kansas City was good, and then New York was, you know, something else altogether. Um, so that was that was a big thing, though, just kind of experiencing the city and. and you know that one, like I just, I just set out every day, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go experience something, go do something, and uh, you know, figure out how to ride the subway, go to all these different places, you know, go to, go to Queens and go to Brooklyn, and I went to the MLB offices, that was cool. Um, ate pizza, of course. Uh, walked around the village, felt felt fancy. Um, mm-hmm. I felt way more hipstery than I ever felt in my life. Yeah, walking around New York City, <laughs> tell you that much. Um, and like, I felt like I really needed a scarf because those people wear scarves there. I need to get my scarf game up. Right, right. And uh, yeah, man, it was cool. Like you know, you ever um, like like I listened to a lot of hip hop. Make helped me understand New York because I'm like, oh, that's that thing they talked about. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. there's that. Um, it was sort of like this is I'm gonna go hip hop nerd on you for a second here, but. Um, like when Jay-Z, when he raps about all these designer brands and stuff that I have no clue what he's talking about because I'm not really fashion-oriented, you know, in that sense. And then you go Except to like, for your scarves. Some, oh, I don't have any scarves, that's what I'm saying. Um, and, then, and then you go to like some fancy shopping center and they have all these, you know, Fendi this and Gucci and all those stores. And I'm like, oh, that's all that stuff Jay-Z's talking about. I get it now. And it's sort of like New York. And I'm like, yeah, there's, a, there's all that stuff that Jizz is talking about. That's what... That's what Mob Deep's talking about. So like, I'm like, I, you know, I don't know you, but I know about you. I, he- I heard your name before. Thanks, hip hop. I appreciate you. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm silly. I'm All not, right. Well, I'm just, I'm just ridiculous, Chris. You are. I'm. I'm. I'm still like I've been home for I'm, what am I? I've been home two days now. My second day home. Mm-hmm. I'm still just like done, dude. I'm done. Hopefully yes. by next week I'll be better. Let's hope so. World Series just kicked my butt. And now it's over. And now there's no baseball. No. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not sad about it yet. No. No. I'm no. still you don't know why? Because there was news the very next day. Like the very next yeah. day it's like ah, drama. Yeah. Manager drama. And Yeah. No. And I think that's one of the things we're gonna talk about. We are. And the next day it's like, yo, here are the World Series odds for next year. Like they don't even wait. They don't even be like, here, just no. a couple days, just chill. It's like nope, free agencies and player options and World Series odds, and we had our first uh, awards today. 
so you know baseball just doesn't stop like it doesn't even give you like literally it gives you like 12 hours of time before it, before it starts up again and all that time you're sleeping anyway and it's like oh, we're back let's go so I think we're going to talk about a number of those things aren't we yeah you want to you want to go over the list of topics you want me to do it sure all right here we go we got we're going to do some super duper premature postseason picks for 2016 like super duper 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 premature we're going to talk about the comeback player of the year and whether uh Chris's main man, Mr. Rod, was snubbed, Dusty Baker. Uh, we're going to talk about him and the Nats and whether they flubbed that whole thing. And uh, do some free agency talk. And uh, after that, we got Bad News Ramen joining us to talk his talk. And we got some important questions at the end of the show. So that's what's happening. Yeah, so let's do it. Are let's, you going to offend any Royals fans, or are we done with that? Are we, are we gonna do well, that I think we're done with that. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see with these premature postseason oh. picks. Oh, yeah. This is the Stew Pod. We'll be right back. You hey, we are back on the Stew Pod, and uh, like like I was saying a few minutes ago, the day after the World Series, there were already odds on who was going to win in 2016. Chicago Cubs were the number one favorite team to win the World Series, which. Um, Let's be honest, Chris. Some of this is, is just, you know, just to get the attention, just just for to get headlines, just to get people like us to write about it. But we do because it's interesting, and uh, people get outraged and, and whatnot. And inevitably, someone's going to say, "Well, of course, the Royals should be the favorite because they just won," um, or you know, someone's going to talk about how it's way too early or, or whatever. But the point is to get people talking, and um, I think that we are very much just joining the fray on that. And I want to talk about. Which teams we think have a good chance to win the World Series next year? Excellent. So um, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some other playoff stuff too. But I feel like World Series is the is the best place to start. So I'm going to ask you. Um, it could be the Cubs. It could be the Royals. It could be someone else. The Nats probably, obviously, because you know you're you're a big fan of what they're doing over there. Um, <laughs> that's sarcasm for anybody who so you say doesn't catch it. Uh, who do you think right now, um, November the Fifth, right? That's today, November the fifth, two thousand fifteen. Yes. Who is who is your pick to win the World Series next year? Uh, my pick to win the World Series next year is probably. I mean, it's probably the Cubs. I don't. I don't want to be boring, but I. Everybody loves the young core of hitters. Those guys are all coming back, and I expect them to spend on another superstar caliber pitcher. So, if you have. John Lester and Jake Arrieta and, I don't know, Jordan Zimmerman or a Johnny Cueto in Cincinnati form, that's a hell of a team right there. And I feel like we've heard all season that they're going to spend and they're going to get a pitcher. So it, it totally makes sense to me why they would be the favorites in, you know, among the odds makers because, in my mind, that's a really great team. You want me to? You want me to do the thing? What? Yeah, go for you, it. You want me to drop the bomb on you? Yep. Houston Astros. Oh, all right. Houston Astros, Chris. A year earlier than expected. A year earlier than expected. I think they showed us this year that they were. I mean, they were the closest team to beating the, the Royals, right? They, they, true. They, they That's almost true. had them. Um, I think that they're going to be a year better next year. A lot of those guys, you know, Carlos Gray, I think, is going to be. Um, you know, not just like this rookie who's doing well. He's going to be an established dude. He's going to know what he's doing. 
Uh, I think, you know, the challenge for them is, I think if they can, uh, you know, they're going to lose Kazmir, but I mean, he wasn't, you know, they're, they're, they're number one dude, but I think if they can get another pitcher in there that'll help out, it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't think they need to go get um, David Price or something. I mean, obviously it'd be great, but, you know, I don't think that has to happen. Um, but the thing, too, is, you know, it, it's never it's never the team that, that you look at and say, all right, these are the guys, they have all the pieces, they're going to win the World Series next year. Right. It's never that team. Like it's, right. it's never last. Like if you go back and look at who was always the the, the favorite after the World Series, like last year it was the Nats. Um, we see how that worked out. Um, you know, I think the year before that it was the Dodgers. Seeing how that worked out, but it's never it's never that team. And sorry, Cubs. I mean, maybe the Cubs can can change it, but it's, it's never those teams. So uh, I'm going Astros. I, I like the I like the young core. I like the path again to to the postseason. Um, being able to to I think come out and, and play out of the AL, AL West is easier than some other divisions. Uh, sorry, Rangers fans. And, uh, you know, Rangers are going to return. Obviously, a, a good core, good nucleus players. But Astros, baby. I'm rolling. Rolling with them. So are you saying the Rangers will not make the playoffs next year? Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I, I, I guess I'm just, I don't want the Rangers fans to say I'm sliding them right. by saying the Astros have an easy path to win the division. Well, then... I, I think that's a good transition to the next part of our question, which would yeah. be uh, which playoff team from this year do you expect to, to maybe slide off a little bit, not make the playoffs in 2016? Mm. Am I going first there? <laughs> go for it. Unless you want me to go, I'm ready. Uh, go. You want to hear what you have to say. Go for it. I think, I think it's the Mets. Um, you know, I think pitching-wise, obviously it's all there. I, I love the big four, and they're going to get Zach Wheeler back, and that's great. But you got to worry a little bit about the, the offense in general. I mean, we, we saw them kind of get exposed in the World Series. Uh, Daniel Murphy, who was obviously a huge part of the postseason up until the World Series, he's probably going to go. And that's not a huge loss, but they're also going to lose Yoana Cespedes. It's, it's pretty much assumed he's going to sign for a bigger deal elsewhere. You know, David Wright's going to be a year older, so is Curtis Granderson. I think the Nats are going to make that push again and, and make some big moves in free agency and really try and go for it. And I just think um, it's not that the Mets can't do it. I mean, I think they're going to bring back a really good team, but there's just a couple of significant losses there that make me a little concerned. They, they really... They're going to have to do some stuff in free agency, and I don't think anyone knows whether they have the money to make big moves. So you hate the Royals and you hate the Mets. What, what Pretty guy, much. What a guy you are. Nice person, Chris. Um, don't I, stall. Come on. Let's see what no, you're No, I, I know what I'm saying. Are you ready right. for it? Yeah. Um, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make people mad. The Kansas... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to do it. <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals. The Kansas Royals fans will be nice to hear that, but I don't think the Cardinals are going back, man. I think... Uh, you know, they got exposed, I think, in the playoffs as not being as good of a team as, as uh, you know, their record showed this year. And Injuries, man. Huh? Injuries. Yeah, right. But, you know, I mean, they were, I think they were, um, they had some trouble. But beyond that, it's not so much about the Cardinals as it is about the rest of the National League. Like, the National okay. League, there's so many teams that are, that are good, that could make the playoffs. Um, I think this year we saw it with, you know, the fact that three teams from that division Made the postseason. I think it's it's easy for one of those teams to get squeezed out. Um, I don't think it's the Cubs. 
I don't necessarily think it's the Pirates. So I, I see there's a good possibility the Cardinals, the Cardinals do. And, you know, I mean, are, are we going to sit there and say, well, all three of those teams are going to make it in the, in the playoffs again next year? Like, I don't think that's necessarily, um, you know, something that, that is a good bet. Um, you know, the Giants will be back next year. The Nats will at least be good. Um, the Phillies, of course, are coming back. No, just kidding. That's a joke, guys. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think I think it's going to be tough for for the National League next year. And I don't know. You know, I, I guess, you know, the Cardinals are, of course, um, potentially losing a couple guys. But I don't know. I just I just, I just see them as a team that, that could sort of get, get left on the outside. Not that they're going to suck or anything, but... Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they just can't can't hang next year. I disagree with you on the Cardinals, but good. It, it is early, so you should. we'll see. You should disagree. And then, with me. what about the the opposite? So the team <coughs> that did not make the playoffs this year that you kind of think is the dark horse for next year? Um, well, I mean, I hesitate to call, I guess, a team the dark horse necessarily because I'm not picking a dark horse. But um, I kind of feel like the Giants are going to be back next year, and not just because of the even year, even year. year thing, yeah. which, you know, of course people like. But um, I, th- I think they're going to go out and they're going to get another pitcher, and that'll be big for them. Uh, if, they're, if they're healthy, which, you know, it looks like they will be, I think they're going to be a much better team. And they were pretty good this year, you know, considering all the injuries they had. But um, so, again, that, that's sort of why I think that, you know, a team like the Cardinals could come and get, get squeezed out. Um, so I don't know. I look, I look at the Giants, the team that's gonna re, they're gonna rebound. They're gonna be better. I think if they go out and they spend wisely, uh, you know, a lot of people around here, are, you know, thinking, oh, they're gonna get Zach Ranky, and obviously it'd be great for them. But I also feel like they, you know, they need a, they need another starting pitcher and they need an outfielder. So you know, I, I think maybe Granky isn't the the answer there. But if they can get, I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, let's go get Alex Gordon. You know, if they can get Alex Gordon and I don't know Jordan Zimmerman or something. I think that immediately makes the Giants a really, really interesting team. I'm going to go with the team I kind of supported all last year, and they let me down, the Cleveland Indians. Oh, there you go. Uh, I just feel like there's a really strong core there, and they are one or two moves away from being a really great team. My only concern is that they really haven't been super active on the market the last couple years. I mean... They had that one year where they signed Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne, and obviously that those moves didn't work out, and those guys are gone now, so maybe there's a chance they, they make some additions. Um, but that, that would be my concern. I mean, I love the pitching staff. I love Francisco Lindor. The defense was clearly better with him and Giovanni Urshela up. I feel like there's just a lot of talent there, and I just really hope that they take that next step and they make the one or two moves that they need to really be a favorite in the central. Well, I guess they won't be a favorite in the central with the Royals around, but you know, I think they can challenge if, if they make the right moves. Let's be real here though. When we had Francisco Lindor on the podcast, you promised to him that you would support the Indians this year. Well, there you go. Um, so, and just... I mean, I've, I've already got white Sox fever, 2016 <laughs> white Sox fever. So you, you've committed yourself Maybe every team from the Central gets in, you know? Even the... We haven't even talked about the Twins. I mean, the Twins are probably a really good oh, yeah, the, bet yeah, for that topic. Are, yeah, exactly. You know, the Twins could be good next year, but I don't know. Um, I mean, again, you know, it's super premature for a reason. Yeah. And I feel like the Twins are also kind of in that situation where they make one or two really smart moves. Yeah. Suddenly, 
we're, we're talking about them as a potential favorite for the playoffs. So Zach Granke, number one starter. I mean, I'd love to see them add a pitcher, and you know, it's just I. I think a lot of a lot of this is going off teams our expectations for what teams are going to spend, and Twins haven't spent a lot of money in free agency, so it's tough, man. It's tough to. You, you, you neglect that last year they signed Irvin Santana and they signed Ricky Nolasco the year before that. I mean, they're, they're, they're spending yeah. big bucks on those pitchers, man, those, those top-flight ace pitchers right there. I guess so, but it's not, they're not spending $80 million. No, sarcasm, guys, sarcasm. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why they would sign Ricky Nolasco. I mean, Irvin Santana's okay, but, you know. Oh, Chris, my, uh, I'm, I'm just off today, I guess. You can't you can't sense me when I'm when I'm bringing. Well, I mean, we have a podcast in a week, so it's bringing taking me a while. To... Yeah. So let's let's get out of that and let's talk about your main man, your boy, um, the guy that I I spent some time with this last week. We crossed paths in a hall the the other day, and I, I quickly sent you a picture. I got a picture, maybe. Yeah, yeah. A Rod, your man, yes. A Rod. Not only was he a great uh, analyst for Fox, I think he, and I'm not saying that sarcastically, he was wonderful. Yeah, he um, was. But, uh, you know, on the downside, snubbed, as some people might say, for the Comeback Player of the Year award, which is handed out today. Prince Fielder won in the American League. Matt Harvey won in the National League. Uh, A-Rod, no-go. Uh, are, you, are your feelings hurt by this, Chris? Do you, do you feel like he's a big snub? Um, I don't feel like he's a big snub. I, I do feel like he had a pretty good case to win. I mean, I, I think... It doesn't come as a surprise to me because A-Rod's never going to win any award the rest of his career just based on all the all the stuff that's happened. But, you know, he edged fielder and home runs by 10. And, all, you know, all the other numbers are, are fairly comparable. I mean, A-Rod had a slightly higher slugging percentage because of that. Um, I, I think there's definitely a case where where he could have won. I guess I, I can't get too worked up about it because Fielder did have a good year. And I think maybe the people voting, you could look at the, the slash line and focus on the 300 average and the slightly better on-base percentage and, and give it to Fielder. So this probably wasn't as, as angry as you thought it would be. Yeah, I thought, um, you be, I thought you were going to be outraged, man. I mean, if you, look at, if you go on fan graphs and you look at you know war and stuff like that, the difference is pretty large. Rodriguez was worth 2.7 wins. Fielder was worth 1.6. But with those guys, it's hard for me to take that too seriously because neither of them played defense most of the year. And I, I don't know. I just I have a harder time trusting War in this case. I think it's a lot closer than, than that. So if, if Rodriguez does have an edge, I think it's pretty slight. Well, I like, I like the Prince Fielder pick, and I think that some of it is... And there's there's a little bit of I think story that goes into the comeback player of the year award because it's not just like, you know, how valuable were you your team, but like what were you coming back from, and I think that, you know, Prince Fielder's actually coming back from injury, whereas A Rod, is coming back from like, hey, you got in trouble, like you broke the rules. So right, I mean, it, it's it's almost like hey, um, you know, you you came off of being grounded and then you were good afterwards, like. Eh, I mean, you're still grounded, <laughs> you know, like you brought that on yourself and whereas Prince Fielder got hurt and, and, you know, had to come back from injury. And, you know, while, while I think it's impressive what A-Rod did, um, you know, having not played for, you know, more than a year, um, as, as I'm not taking anything away from it in that sense. Uh, it, was, it was an impressive feat. But 
I, I just think that if we're talking about like you know getting an award for a comeback, quote unquote, I, I, I just don't. I don't know. I have a hard time like justifying a Rod in that sense when there's someone who was just as good, if not better, um, in, in some ways. So if I mean if he was if he was far and away the best player and they didn't give it to him, then I might you know be different, sing a different tune on that. But um, I don't know. It's just like what are you coming back from, man? Coming back from PEDs? Woohoo! Proud of you. <laughs> well, I also think a big part of Arod's narrative was his age, which obviously doesn't you know you can't factor that into comeback player of the year award. But the fact that he was thirty nine, <coughs> turned forty during the year, and still put up these insane numbers. I mean, that's, that's really impressive to me, but I, I get why the voters wouldn't consider that. And if, if I may go on a brief tangent about your, the picture you sent me, yes. um, I just think it speaks to how, I don't know what the word is. Is the word polarizing or just how much attention A-Rod can grab that you sent me a picture of A-Rod walking through the tunnels. And then I don't know. It was like maybe a day later, you were like, hey, did you notice Frank Thomas was in that picture? And I love Frank Thomas. Obviously, he's my favorite player of all time. I grew up watching him. Had no idea he was in the picture. <laughs> I was so distracted by A-Rod that I totally missed Frank Thomas was in the background of the picture. And I just thought that was super interesting that I didn't even notice my favorite player of all time in the picture you sent me. I, I wrote about how uh, you know, A-Rod was, was very much an attraction. At the, at the World Series, kind of being out there in the Fox booth, and um, I, I didn't hear him during the games, but you did, and, and yeah, he was great. You talked about how great he was. Um, so I think there's something there to be said about how A Rod, you know, regardless of everything that's happened to him, um, when he's out there, to some way, like he overshadows everything, like, and then that speaks volumes about who he is, like the, the stardom that he still has. Um, you know, people are still gonna stop and like gawk and try to take pictures of him even if they're saying you know bad things about him like they're still going to stop and be like oh man there's A-Rod like he's still you know a huge yeah. star yeah and I think I mean people have got the sense that I guess I've supported A-Rod's comeback all season um, but like um, that's, this is not me being a homer like he was fantastic on the broadcast and I feel like I I would really love to see him get into a role after baseball where He's either doing that type of stuff, you know, publicly or with a team because he clearly knows his stuff when it comes to baseball and he's he's really smart. I mean, he just replacing you on the stew pod. I would well, I I would not. I'd prefer he not replace me, but I would love to have him on the stew pod instead instead of me. So you want to get rid of me? Is that what you're saying? No, just as a complimentary, as a guest, you know. A, oh, oh, well, I'm, I'm talking you, like as a, as a host. Like he'd be make it third, happen. Third you, know, guy. you were you were with him. Last <laughs> week. We were just kicking it, man. We were just talking yeah, about. You guys are friends now. Your oh, yeah. your G's got engaged. We were just talking about that stuff. Exactly. I, I didn't talk to Aaron at all. No, just for the record. Just saw him. <laughs> just saw him. Took a picture of him. That was it. Uh, you got the next one, man. What is it? I think we have to talk about Dusty Baker. For a little bit, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe less Dusty Baker and more the Nationals' whole process. So about a week ago, it looked as though they were going to hire Bud Black, and then suddenly, uh, John Heyman dropped a, a bomb a couple nights ago, saying, "Oh, guess what? Dusty Baker's back in the picture." And then it all kind of came out that the Nationals had some contract issues with with Black. They 
they may have offered him some uh, under under budget deals, and he was offended by that. And then suddenly, Dusty Baker, who seemed like the the second choice, was the first choice, and now they've made it official. He's the manager, and I, I don't know. I guess I, I think you know Baker maybe isn't a terrible result, but the whole thing seemed pretty embarrassing for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like as, as a team that had suffered from a degree of dysfunction um, in the last half of the season that, you know, this was their chance to kind of get it together and, you know, set a tone for, you know, we're not going to be um, a dysfunctional team. We're going to approach things in a better way. Oops, we just totally <laughs> messed it all up. <laughs> and... I don't know. I guess it just it just seems funny, like that if you want to hire Bud Black and you're only gonna pay him, like what was it one point six million? I think was the for one season, for one yeah. season guaranteed, and it's like Bob Miley just got four years to to you know manage the Marlins. Um, you yeah, know, four, like, four years, ten million from the Marlins. Yeah, it, the, if the Marlins well, get, got it together and you don't, and you're the Nats, and you know, it, by most other accounts, like you know, not a not a skeezy like horrible team um you know like and the marlins are doing better than you hey what's going on there you know and and um i think bud black is by all accounts is a you know honorable human being it's not like you're you're bringing in some guy you're like oh man i wonder if this guy can keep it together you know it's only give him a one-year contract like right this this is not a guy in the last leg of his managerial <laughs> yeah, career right you no know? it's not like you're like hey let's let's see what pete rose can do let's give him a one-year deal exactly you know it's like bud black man um so it just seemed it just seemed kind of odd, and you know I don't know. Um, it all worked out well for Dusty Baker, and I'll agree with you. I don't know that the end result is that big of a deal. I mean, people on Twitter freaked out about it, but people on Twitter freak out about everything, so <laughs> can't get too upset about that. Um, I mean, I do think that as a whole, you know, Dusty um, probably not going to be a horrible manager for them. I mean, he's he's been around. I think that the Nats and and him have um, in common the. Uh, the same challenge in front of them, which is like we need to we need to win in the postseason. Um, so maybe there's kind of a unifying theme there for them. Like, all right, we're gonna you know like you guys need to win, I need to win. Let's let's get out there and win. And you know, for as much as we gave um, you know the Nats crap for signing Matt Williams and bringing him on to manage with zero experience, and you know we talked about how it'd be stupid if they went out and brought in you know Cal Ripken who has zero experience, like. They went out and got a very experienced guy, so um, I can't be too mad about that. And you know, maybe he doesn't fit the, um, you know, all the new age manager check boxes and have the, you know, the full agenda of you know what people want from a major league manager in 2015. But at the same time, like, you know, maybe that's the kind of guy they need—someone who knows how to deal with the people. And I, at one point, that's been brought up a lot, and I think is good. You know, this is a guy who had to manage some pretty tough personalities with the Giants. Um, so, you know, maybe that's something that's beneficial as we as we talk about the Nats moving forward. Yeah, I just I feel like this whole fiasco, while it doesn't look good for the Nats and particularly their owners, I and mean, I think people are getting a look at maybe the the Lerner family being a little too involved in things and maybe not having the the right ideas about how a team should be run. But but I feel like, you know, we're going to forget about this in a few months. I mean, the Nats, I just can't envision a scenario where they're worse next season. 
and I can't envision a manager who would have been worse than Matt Williams. So, you know, they'll probably improve under Dusty Baker. I don't know that they'll make the playoffs, but it would seem that the clubhouse is not going to be a total mess, and I'm sure that people will completely forget about Bud Black in four months. That that's my that's my guess. Yeah, Bryce Harper seemed pretty happy. So, yeah, and we're Bryce already Harper's seeing uh, we're already seeing a lot of positive Nats tweets just based on the people they've brought in on the coaching staff. So Mike Maddox is going to be the pitching coach. Davey Lopes is going to be the I think first base coach, and already people are applauding those moves. So Ruben Amaro is going to be a third base coach. No, not yet. No, okay. maybe next year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we've already kind of moved past the the Bud Black thing. It seems like. So free agency is uh, just about here, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Uh, it's either tomorrow or maybe today or maybe yesterday. Um, but it's you know getting getting going here. Hot stove is warming up a little bit, and uh, unlike other sports, you know, baseball free agency is just spread up on months and months and months, and we see sort of a. Um, I feel like there's, you know, the people that kind of strike first and strike early. And, like, last year it was the Red Sox. You know, they went out and they got Sandoval and, and Ramirez, and they did it pretty quick, and they, they got their guys. Um, and then some people, you know, kind of wait around. Like, you know, James Pry- uh, James Shields obviously waited for a long time um, last year, and maybe not on his own, <laughs> maybe not on his own choosing, but yeah. that's how it played out. Um so I'm, I'm wondering, Chris, and this is like a team, I guess, on a team level and on a player level, like, if we're, if we're looking at free agency the first couple of days here, who strikes first? Like, which which teams do you think are, are going to be most aggressive early on, and which players do you think are going to be, you know, most quickly trying to align themselves with something for next year? All right, so team-wise, I'm thinking probably a team that disappointed a little bit this year, but really thinks they, they should have been better and is really going to go for it next year. I feel like maybe the Giants fit that bill. I know you know, you were saying earlier they've already been mentioned for some big names. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out, made a big signing early, and just kind of said, hey, you know, the, the NL West is ours. Yeah. Don't, don't forget about that. It's an even year. We're, we're going to make a charge. Well, and, you but, Dodgers don't even have a manager. We're out here doing business. Well, that, yeah, you know, yeah. that's a great point because – I wanted to say the Dodgers too. I mean, they seem like an obvious pick, and they always have money. But without a manager, it it makes it it makes it tough for me to to go with them. And they might hire a manager tomorrow. We we don't really know. But if that stretches out at all, it's hard to see them making a big signing, right? I feel like the Cubs are a team that that should act quick. Um, you know, they kind of know where they're at. I think having you know seen the team, and and they're I think they're going to be aggressive this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come out right away and, and you know go after who they want. That that's my pick, Chris. Cubs. I mean the White Sox. You know. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. Wow, Apologize. it was just so yeah. bad. That was yeah. my White Sox prediction was so bad. <laughs> that Dude, I literally kept that in since we were talking about a Rod. Like I've just been trying. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. I'm sorry. Um, so White Sox, go ahead. Well, no, I don't know. I uh, it's just, that's just me being a homer. But I do, I do expect them to try and contend again, and I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to go out and make a make a nice move. But I, I, they never seem like the team that does something quick, so yeah. I don't really expect that to happen. So on a player level, I remember last year, like it made a ton of sense for Pablo Sandoval, you know, seven right away <laughs> right. coming off the World Series. Um, 
where, where are you looking there? We have a couple players who, you know, fit that bill. Like, do you think Alex Gordon, you know, tries to get something done quick? Daniel Murphy. Um, and those are a couple guys that, that come to mind, obviously. Uh, I mean, maybe Johnny Cueto in the situation he's in. Like, hey, just look, look at my last game. Don't look at the other ones, but look at the last <laughs> one I pitched. Uh, who who yeah. do you think is striking first? Uh, I think Daniel Murphy is kind of a great answer there. Yeah, because that's my answer. Yeah, well, okay, I, I could switch it up on you, though. No, no, I mean, go ahead. Uh, Daniel Murphy is a great answer because he can really take advantage of a team that loved his postseason work. Yeah. And there's not a ton out there at second base. I mean, there's him, there's Ben Zobrist, um, who I think is 35 or 36, and there's Howie Kendrick. So I, I don't think there's a giant market. It's not like, you know, in my mind, Alex Gordon's not going to sign quickly because the teams that are going to be in on him are also going to be in on Jason Hayward and Yoana Cespedes and Justin Upton, and they can probably afford to wait it out and talk to all those guys, whereas with Murphy, you know, you're either getting him or you're signing an old Zobrist or you're depending on Howie Kendrick. So I stole your answer. I apologize for that. It's fine. But also, screw you. My answer was Daniel Murphy for all the reasons Chris just said. But I, I could see, uh, like, pitching-wise, I think I think Cueto's not a bad answer. You mentioned him. Uh, I have no idea what to do with Jeff Samarja. So I feel like he could be he could be a guy who, if they're surprised by the, the offers early, he could just sign. Yeah. Um, I mean, those would, I guess those would be the, the few names I have. I feel like Cueto, I feel like he doesn't sign early. I feel like he tries to probably put some distance between himself and and the yeah. even even though he did have like you know that good kind of ending note there, but I feel like Daniel Murphy's the guy. You know, go and get your, get your money, man. Do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised in you know week and a half or writing that story. But Daniel Murphy got his eighty million dollars or whatever it is that he's gonna get. You know. Well, I I feel like if if Grinky truly wants to come back to the Dodgers, as much as kind of people are saying that could happen pretty quickly. Yeah, they could just be like, all right, yeah, we're done. Never mind. We're we're good. Figure that right. out. But I don't know. I mean, for a lot of these guys, it doesn't make any sense to sign early. They might as well wait it out and you know make sure that they get the best offers they can get. Yeah, That's not necessarily have, you know, the case with Murphy, but. Let's keep in mind. It seems like we have a lot of front eight, uh, front offices in flux this year, like new people coming in. You know, new new GMs. Um, so there's a lot of that going on too, and so that makes me wonder how quickly people are gonna be, um, you know, coming out trying to trying to make some deals. So I mean, who knows? I mean, we could we could see somebody though who comes in, and you know, maybe it's the the, the kid in Milwaukee. You know, it's like, hey, let's let's go and show him that I'm here and, and go sign somebody. Um, right. Yeah, that and AJ AJ Preller, man, he's still lurking in <laughs> San Diego. So who knows? AJ Preller just like is gonna wake up tomorrow like oh, it is time. And that Grinky Alex Gordon <laughs> just have have ten deals done by by lunch. Exactly. He's like all right, day's halfway done. Let's do ten more afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited. I'm really excited for free agency. I just I want that to happen. Well, it's gonna happen, Chris. Let I want do. players to sign early. That's not going to happen, but oh, I want oh. that to happen. But free agency is gonna happen. It's, yes, I can. I can guarantee you. That's good. Agency is going to happen. Okay, I feel better about it now. Let's take a break. Let's talk to our man, uh, Bad New Rob, Bad New Drama, here in a second, and we will come back shortly on the Stew Pod with some important questions. You better watch your step. 
Welcome back to the Stew Pod. It is uh, once again time for our three strike segment with my BFF, Bad News Ramen. Uh, I can't believe I actually said BFF. Well, I, I can't believe there's no. That, that's mean, the if there, if there was a way, if there was a way to put like you know emoji hearts and stuff uh, through a podcast, that would probably you, you could actually probably do it if people actually looked at the video that you know, the podcast is on. You can do different pictures and stuff. But I was asking you about your voice, but you know because I I think you went to to New York and you got all thugged out, right? They, they yeah, that's, that's it, man. I just, I just was hanging out in um, with Prodigy and Havoc in Queens, yeah. and I just started talking, hey, started did, talking did, the Dun language. Did, did you ever hear like, uh, like Prodigy and Havoc? Like, there's like this rumor that, uh, like, one of those guys is gay. Did you ever hear that? Like, I think like one, like Havoc, like said something on Twitter when they were fighting and stuff. So it's kind of like this, like, urban legend that one of them is is a homosexual. Well, then, then. Uh, was Jay Z? Which one did Jay Z said that he had like pictures of being a ballerina? All right, wasn't that Prodigy? Yeah, hold on, a second. I gotta save some kid. There you go. All right, I did my. That's that actually happened, dude. Some kids. I don't know if people know, but I work a. I work at grocery stores. I have to go to like 180 grocery stores, and I'm sitting in the parking lot doing this podcast, and some kid tried to get out of a cart, and he was like gonna get head first onto the asphalt, so. I just did my good deed for the day. I just say some kid. <laughs> on on uh, on a podcast. On on record. There you go. Yeah. And it's not like you can. Uh, it's not like I can. You know, I said, "Hold on, I gotta say this kid," and then I like ran out, and you could hear me like huffing and puffing. I'm like, I'm out of breath, dude. I'm I'm too old to be doing this stuff. <laughs> I'm, 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 we're not gonna we're not gonna recut it too. We'll keep it in there so people can hear. Yeah, it. I'll keep it in there. Yeah, it's gonna be proved. You know, that should be on the that should be on the big leagues too. You should go on bad news ramen saves a kid during a podcast. <laughs> during, and then and jumps right back into. What yeah, do you think right. about Dusty Baker? Yeah, what do you think about yeah? What do you think about this? So, um, yeah. So, anyway, so <laughs> getting past the whole Havoc and Prodigy thing, that that kind of went by the wayside. But um, first strike, geez, I, I gotta catch my breath. First strike, um, I have to uh, give credit to one Edson Volquez and Johnny Cueto. Not so much, you know, Edson Volquez's story has been, you know, has been well documented with it, with his father passing away. So particularly uh, by me, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you and you wrote you wrote a you wrote a nice piece, and and you're you're on you're on top of it, so it's good. I think you wrote like a couple stories, right? I did, yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I pay attention to you, man. Thank you. Um, you know, but here's the thing. I mean, if if Edson Volquez, you know, if, if he came out and 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 sucked, I, I would call him out on it, you know. But he uh, he did he did what. Volquez did what he was supposed to do. He kept them in the game. Uh, he had to face an overpowering Matt Harvey in, in that last game, and Harvey was lights out. And I don't want to get into like the ninth inning and stuff, but that's the Harvey. I mean, I was kind of worried for Harvey for a little bit after watching the, that that first game. I'm like, man, his stuff isn't there. It's not the Harvey that I remember from a year ago. Uh, this was kind of like the first kind of resurgence of of Matt Harvey that I've seen from last year and the beginning part of this year, where he was, you know, when he came out and he was stuff was just electric. And so it was good to see Harvey pitch a great game like that. Um, but Volquez did the job, and of course, under the under everything that's going on, uh, his backup was against the wall in more ways than one. Uh, the previous podcast, I called him and Cueto, uh, Cueto and and Volquez as like the worst two pitching duo of all time. Yeah, you said uh, they suck. Uh, they, they they do suck. Yeah, um, I, I still do. Th- I still think that Johnny Cueto sucks, but. Um, <laughs> You know, Vol- Volquez, Vol- I, I wasn't too bad on Volquez. You're actually a lot worse on Volquez than I was. I said Volquez was serviceable, and that's what that's what he was. Um, he was serviceable during the uh, during the series. He did what they had to do. Uh, he allowed the Royals to come back in all those games. So I'll give him credit. And then Cueto, when when, when Cueto had a pitch and uh, produced a good game, uh, he, he helped him win the World Series. So yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I will give them credit, but uh, in, in the future, it's, it's kind of a case where every Kansas City fan uh, should thank me because me uh, calling them out uh, set, up the, set up the jinx on my end. So, they the, well, they heard the podcast. They're like, we're going to prove yeah, this guy wrong. Exa- exactly. They, they, yeah. they, they had a picture. They had a, my Twitter picture uh, on the board, and every time they walked out, out of that room, they were hitting the Twitter picture and say, like, you know, play like a champion today. Right. Or, By the way, I almost heard what you said in that Kansas City. You almost said something else. I, 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 know, I, I know what I said. <laughs> I, hey, hey, if I wanted to say it, I would say it. But, you know, don't. This, they this they, is, get, they get very upset. A, they get, don't don't, don't pester them. I understand. I understand. Yeah. My <laughs> podcast, different rules. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, the reverse jinx was in full effect. I am the reason why uh, Kansas City won, and everybody should uh, should thank me for it. So Bow that down. is uh, strike number one. Bow down when he comes to your town. Yeah. So I'm just making sure this kid's okay because uh, whatever. So, uh, anyways. I don't uh, care about you no more, kid. <laughs> you don't care about who? That, that's what you're saying. You're like, I don't care about, I don't care about that kid no more. No, yeah, no more. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's fine. I, I saved him. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the mom didn't even thank me. What the heck? Hey, lady. Hey. Thank me next time. <laughs> she's still in her car. I don't know what the heck she's doing. And don't wear pajamas anymore. <laughs> when you go to a store, dress ready, but don't put pajamas on. Okay. Um, strike number two is uh, Dusty Baker uh, getting hired by the Nationals. I don't know what it is about the Nationals uh, hiring uh, former uh, hacks from uh, the San Francisco Giants. Oh, uh, yeah. But Dusty Baker, uh, Dusty Baker will probably give him like maybe – here's a here's a course with Dusty Baker. Um He'll either catch lightning in a bottle and, and be good for one year, and then there'll be a general decline. Uh, I just don't understand why this organization would hire a guy that has shown a propensity for blowing out young pitchers' arms, especially when you have uh, the the China doll arm of uh, Steven Strasburg that they that they put in a case somewhere and, and they they rub it every day, and but they can't go outside <laughs> and play. Um, I don't know why they they would have a manager for that for a guy like Strasburg who's who's mentally not there anymore anyways yeah. uh my favorite thing though is is the whole kind of uh was a Forbes came out or something like that saying that Dusty Baker was going to teach Bryce Harper to be a man or he needed to that's what that's yeah. what he needed to do. he needed to yeah which yeah. was uh what which is even more funny you know I, I don't think that needs to be the case I'd much rather see uh Dusty Baker treat Bryce Harper like he treated a snot-nosed kid back with the Giants uh, I, I, would, I really want to see Bryce Harper be the bat boy, you know, after the after the ball gets hit and Bryce Harper comes right onto the field to get the bat. And maybe there's going to be a play at the plate and uh, Ryan Zimmerman has to, like, pull Bryce Harper out of the way so he doesn't get hit and stuff like that. That's 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 the Bryce Harper I want to see. I want, I want to see that, like... Bat boy, you know, bat boy Bryce Harper. When, yeah, when they lose, you know, the, the TV can, can show Bryce Harper sitting next to Dusty Baker just falling his eyes out because they lost and stuff. That's the, that's the circus that you're getting into. And... Uh, I just think Dusty Baker is the wrong type of guy for a guy like Bryce Harper. I think I think Bryce Harper gets he gets a I think people are too hard on him. Uh, but to kind of bring this whole dynamic of, of a kind of an overpowering force like Dusty Baker, where Bryce Harper should be the center of attention, uh, I think that's really I, th- I think I can see problems with the development of Bryce Harper as as a player. But at the same time. I can I can see Bryce Harper saying screw it. He's like I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what anybody says. And I think that's the Bryce Harper that we're going to get. He at least seems uh, excited that Dusty Baker's coming on. And I don't know. Bryce seems to have like that that like hey I respect the old school. I respect the old guys. So maybe maybe that'll work because like, I just I just like Jonathan Papelbon. But I like I like I like old guys. So we'll see. <laughs> you like old guys, huh? Okay. No, that's what Bryce Bryce Harper likes. Old oh, guys. You, you broke that. Yeah, he he likes he likes the old guys. <laughs> yeah, he does. 
<laughs> you know, you're talking about being a family friendly podcast, and you're, you're the one bringing up the Bryce Harper likes old guys. Um, all right, strike, strike number three. Uh, there's a couple ways I could go with this, but I'm going to throw a curveball. Um, I think uh, a lot of times with 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 podcasts, I think you know people listen to the information that you dole out, but you know you're a celebrity man, so I, I want to know. Uh, tell me your your three favorite things that you did in New York. And I know you. I know you're working 18 hour days, but you had time for a couple things. Well, first of all, I'm not a celebrity, but you um, are a celebrity, man. man <laughs> I think you go around. You go around the city of Fresno. Everybody's like honking their horns at you and stuff. And we love Mike Oz and all that stuff. And you are a celebrity, man. Don't 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 mess your shine up, dude. All right. So my my favorite New York moments. Number one was the first day I was there. Um, I decided. I was like, I'm going to get on the subway and go somewhere. Even though, like, I could have walked, really. But I was like, I've never been on the subway yet, so I want to go on the subway. So I'm going, I'm trying to get on the subway. And then, um, long story short, I needed to not get on that subway train. I needed to go somewhere else to a different subway. By no fault of my own, by the way. It was like someone changed their plans of where we were going to meet. So I couldn't take that particular subway. So I'm trying to exit the subway. And I'm walking out. There's, there's a sign there that says exit, right? So I go out where it says exit. Again, there's a sign that says exit. <laughs> it says exit right here. There, there's the an exit. There's, exit. there's an exit sign where I'm exiting, which I think makes sense, right? Yeah. And so I'm trying to exit through there where the sign is. And some guy starts yelling at me, like as he's coming through, telling me that I'm rude and I'm dumb because I'm exiting through the exit sign. And yeah. what I need to not do is I need to not exit through the exit. I need to exit, exit through the emergency exit. <laughs> so right then I felt like I was a New Yorker because my very first time on the subway I got yelled at. I got called rude and dumb, and I was very proud. Well, the, the, the first time I, I went on the uh, New York subway, um, we were going to Yankee Stadium, and then when we were leaving, I, we took the wrong subway. So we're, we're kind of going like, what, you know, it's, it's really nice at Yankee Stadium, right? And then you start going, you start heading up north or whatever, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then we come out, and we're in the middle of, of uh, we're on the Harlem exit, like in the worst, like, I'm talking like good times uh, slum level, right? Like <laughs> Mike, Mike Tyson, you know, when they do a Mike Tyson documentary, and, and they're looking at like his you know, where he grew up. I mean, that's pretty much like where we ended up. I'm like, where the hell am I? So, so luckily the train was there. The train showed up in like a minute and a half and then we, we jumped on that subway and got the heck out of there. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough, folks. I'm sick. Yeah, no, um, no. It's, so, it's, like, it's like, it's like doing a podcast with a, with better how my donuts. He coughs every single time. Man, man you're, you're hurting me today. Dude. I'm trying. I'm, 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 I'm seriously trying not to cough. Like I, <laughs> I really, really trying. Um, so my second one was I was walking down the street and I tweeted about this, and there was a dude just sitting on the corner with like a boombox, and he was just playing like he was. I saw him twice actually. He was just out there just playing slow jams, man. But he was playing the Joe to see, come and talk to me remix. Oh yeah. Which is the remix is like my jam, man. Nobody, no one yeah. appreciates that enough. Um, and and I was just like, man, like this guy's dope. And then the next time I walked by, or like I had the, I think it was the next day because it was kind of near my hotel. Same dude, and he's out there. He was bumping like Troop, I think. I want to say it was like Sweet November, one of those songs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, this guy's just, he's just doing it out here, like on the corner. Where, where were you staying at? Were you staying at uh, outside of Times Square or? I was in, I was in Chelsea. So I was, I was somewhat close to Times Square. I mean, it was relatively close. Yeah, like walk, there's like a debt brewery over there, like on your walk to Times Square or something like that. I th- maybe, I don't know. There was, there was dudes selling fake purses under that. <laughs> well, I would have, I would have gone to that guy and I would have asked him to start playing the Vapors, you know, by Bismarcky, <laughs> so you could start, you know, so you can, I remember when, <laughs> so you he, can start he was rapping. playing the, the slow jams, and I was like, yeah, well, that's man, what I'm saying, dude. It. It's, like, it's like we should, we should get a, we should get a, we should get a, a, a rap troupe going, you know, and, and, and then we can do the Vapors, and and then all the good rappers can like dog me the first, the first time I come out, but by the third day, they want me to be a part of their crew. <laughs> 
All right, third thing. Come on, you got three strikes too. So the third. Uh, so my my third favorite one, I think, was um, honestly, man, I think it was the day that uh, I kind of talked about the subway once, but there was one day where I had to go on the sub like like four or five different trains, and I just I did not get lost. I did not go anywhere the wrong way. Like I was very proud. I was I was very very proud of myself that I was able to like figure out where to go. Um, that was one of the biggest one of the biggest accomplishments. Uh, you know, aside from you know, work and stuff, but just being able to to go on the subway and not get lost uh, and, and you that, that many times. Like a big a big like proud grin on your face. Uh, while you're dude, I was I was so proud. I was bragging the next day to people. I'm like, man, I went on like four different subway trains, five different subway trains. And and there's there's some tourists that got on that subway seeing with your big old grin, going like, man, that guy's crazy. You gotta stay away from that guy. So, <laughs> you know, the, the low light was uh, me and me and Jeff Passon went to eat tacos in Queens at like two in the morning, and they were horrible. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, any place at two o'clock in the morning. That, that I think that's a, and it's, it's funny how fast New York closes out. Like I remember, you, well, you could get good stuff, like, but they tacos, you know. Yeah, it's like midnight and all the places are closed. I'm like, I thought this was New York, dude. You know, I'm like, I thought you guys were open. We had a, me and my brother had to go to some like stupid sports bar that you can go anywhere else in the world. I'm like, ah, come on, dude. So there's a lot of just in Queens and just eating tacos is probably not the smartest thing to do. No, probably not. No. I mean, and, if, and if Havoc and Pride you were there, though, I'd be like, yeah, these guys know what's up. Well, you'd have, you'd have to be careful. I mean, it all comes back to full circle, right? I mean, if 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 Prodigy asks, asks you to go back in the back alley, you know, you kind of gotta <laughs> kind of gotta protect yourself a little bit. So. He's like, let me drop a gem on you, son. Yeah, <laughs> he'll smack you in the face just for living. You know, some, some old <laughs> some old high school Kansas City stuff. <laughs> all right, all right we've, we've gone we've gone completely too inside hip hop for the we'll, baseball we'll podcast. Keep on going, dude. We'll keep on going. So. uh yeah, once we start talking about Mob Deep, we're gonna start doing the whole shook ones, and it, it'll, it'll not be good. <laughs> as, as long as I'm havoc, because I'm kind of worried about Prodigy, but as long as I'm havoc, and you got you got to figure that out, uh, you know, that kind of delve into that story, because if anybody can get to the bottom, that I think uh, bottom being the keyword, uh, oh. it, it would it would be you. So. Oh, hey, <laughs> jeez. All right, bad news, Robin. Thanks for the uh, the baseball talk and saving kids' lives, and uh, talking about Mob Deep. Yeah, I should, I should get a medal. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> later. Hey, we're back on the stew pod. Mike and Chris here. Chris, have you ever, have you ever been to New York City? Uh, I have been to New York City, yes. Have you, once. Have you ridden the subway? Uh, yes, I have. Did you do, did you do it successfully on your first try? Uh, I did, but I was with someone who was from the area, so it was, it was hard for me to fail. Yeah, I got, I got called rude on the first try. You did? Yeah. In New York? Yeah. You were rude? Oh, I got called rude. Right. Yeah, I, I wasn't still. rude. I was just following the signs, man. You, you weren't on the last segment. People heard the story, but you weren't there, so you didn't get to hear it. <laughs> but essentially, I went through the exit door where it says to exit. Uh, and apparently, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to exit out of, the, out of where it says exit. Okay. You're supposed to exit through the emergency exit, which I, I didn't know that, so I'm dumb. And rude. Fair enough. Yeah. Jackass, man. <laughs> so this well, we knew that. I was, I was proud of myself once I kind of got the subway down. So I was wondering, you know, what kind of experience you had with the subway? Uh, man, I, I don't really remember. I mean, it, I didn't have a, a crazy experience. Okay. Um, I was there with my cousin. He knew where to go. Good for you. And, yeah. I was proud. It was pleasant. You know, we didn't talk about yet today. I feel like I should talk about it on the on the trip stuff. Coffin Stadium is a very nice place to go see a baseball game. I thought. 
That was very I've heard that. I've, I've not gone. It was very nice. It was very family friendly, which I enjoyed very much. Um, like there, there was, I would say, a decent number of kids there, considering it was the World Series. Um, they had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So I very much enjoyed my time at Coffin Stadium. I thought it was a, a very nice, very nice place. So you yeah. love the fountains now. Yeah, I mean Is the that... fountains are cool, but I mean just I don't know, just the whole vibe of it was 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 pretty neat. You know, just I don't know, it felt like it felt very much like a um, like what you want baseball to be in like the family friendly kind of yeah. Let's go to the game and have fun kind of a way, and not necessarily like I love AT and T Park, right? I mean I think that's a, a spectacular stadium, but it's also not necessarily like, wow, this place seems really fun. It's just very nice. You know, like right, you're okay. like, wow, this is a very nice place. Whereas can't, whereas Coffin Stadium just seemed like a lot of fun. Um, you know, they, beyond the, beyond the um, outfield, beyond the fountains and stuff, they had like, they have stages, they have bands playing and they have like playgrounds and like a little baseball field for kids to play at. And, you know, it just seems like a fun, a fun place. Well, maybe that is just a Midwestern thing. Oh, oh, I see what you're doing here, Chris. I see what you're doing. I see what you're Which doing. transitions me into my important oh, question. Oh, oh, important question time. All right, let's do it. So this week, uh, I spent some time back in the Midwest. Um, for unfortunate reasons, my wife had a death in the family. Um, and Sorry, so Chris. we spent a lot of time in Schulzburg, Wisconsin, which is like as small time Midwestern as you can get. Um, there's a cheese store on every shop in on main street and main street is like three blocks. So between that and the fact that I started watching the Fargo television series, uh, I was really kind of aware of the accent the whole time, the Midwestern accent. Yeah. Uh, obviously I grew up there and I'm from there. So my important question to you is, um, whether you notice my Midwestern accent, because um, you, you you are from the West Coast, you grew up, born and raised West Coast right. all the way, and I and I'm sure that there is a West Coast accent as well. I'm just a lot less familiar with it, so um, well, I haven't really we noticed. Just, well, as as California people, or specifically as Northern California people, we just say hella. That's like our okay. That's how you can tell us <laughs> if they say if we say hella, we're from we're from the. Um, from California. All right. Um, I, I don't know that you have like a strong, what I would say a strong Midwest accent, but I do notice, um, I, I do notice something in your inflection when you, when you speak and I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know what I would have attributed to otherwise, yeah. you know, like if, if, if I had to break it down, I don't know that I would, but I guess if you're, if you're putting that in front of me, I would say yes. Then, then sure. That's what it is. Right. Right. I mean, the thing I, I noticed from both things, well, I know, I mean, Fargo is, they're kind of over the top, but the thing I noticed about the Midwestern accent is there's a lot of O's at the beginning, uh-huh. so you'd be like, oh, yeah, or like, oh, geez, and that just was a constant part of the trip. I just noticed everybody doing that, and then and then I started doing it, so then I was like, oh, here here we go. I've reverted back to Midwestern form. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I I can't I can't tell you much about the the Midwestern accent. It's not something I'm super duper into. But um, I do want to watch Fargo, partially because I, I I love Jesse Plemons with the uh, with the accent with the Minnesota yeah. accent. 
Seems like it seems like he's doing it right, isn't he? Yeah, Fargo's really great. Um, yeah. The show and the movie, but I don't know if you saw the first season. No, no, I, it was I, it was excellent. Yeah, no, and I heard it was good. The second season's shaping up to be about the same quality, I would say. But I, I like I like Jesse Plemons, so I do as well. And he's he put on some weight for this role, so I just I, I heard him. I watched the the trailer or something. I heard his voice, and I was like, oh man, that's good. <laughs> I want to watch this. I love that guy. Not Jesse Landry Plemons, anymore, man. man. Not Landry. He's uh, he's made a nice career for himself. Friday Night Lights, yeah. Breaking Bad, and Fargo now. Yeah, yeah, man. And we talked about him. He's in that uh, the, the Black Mass movie. He was in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we yeah, did we talk about, about him there. All right. Well, uh, that's your important question. I have one, but actually, you know what? Now that we're getting close, I think I'm going to save it. All right. I think I think we could do a bigger topic on this. I think we could be bigger than an important question. I'm all for that. I think so. I think I think uh, I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold it. I had right. I had it ready to go, man. I was gonna drop it on you, <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? We can we can really have like a legitimate twenty minute conversation on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna save it. I love it. Yeah, we we've already talked a lot. We talked too much, so we have. But we were making up for last. This week, is like so. a catch up stupid, and this is not even just the listeners catching up. It's like me and you, just like we haven't talked in a long time, so. Talking baseball, and hopefully, um, if we do it right, I won't be like coughing and sneezing and and all that stuff. So we, when we when we bring back this great important question, we'll do it in, in spectacular fashion. Trust me. Sounds good. And, next week and I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to get Passon to come join us and hang out with us. So. Yeah. So next week, uh, free agent Bonanza, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If, if if Jeff will come, Jeff will come hang out with us. If he's not if he's not tired of me, we spent a lot of time together the last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, so All right, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. This has been the stew pot everybody. Um as per usual, rate and review, right Chris? Rate and review. We got a a review. Did we? We did. Oh man, is it bad? Uh no, it's it's good, but there is some criticism in there, but we it, it's a good star. It's a good star number. So oh, Okay. I'll we'll have to go read it. There you go. But more people should do that and let us know what they think. Did they say Chris is a hater? Is that what it was? They did not. Oh. No, they love me. <laughs> oh, so it's me. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I'll have to go like read that. it now. Jeez. So there you go. Be like that guy and rate and review us. <laughs> this has been the Stew Pod, y'all. See you next week. Bye, everybody.